Praise the Lord. Church, isn't it great to be here tonight? Be in the house of God, a place that's been dedicated and set aside to worship the only wise God, the only saving God. In fact, the only God we know. And his name is Jesus. There's none beside him or likened unto him. We've never been in, in the presence of anybody else that could even come close of ministering and touching us and helping us along life. Even though we haven't seen him with our own eyes yet, we're going to. We haven't had the opportunity as Thomas to put our hands into those nail-scarred hands and that side. But we're going to see him. And in that time of seeing him, it won't be through these old carnal bodies. But these old carnal bodies will be also transformed and changed into a state and a condition that we can really only dream about tonight. But thank God it is a dream that's going to come true. It's going to happen. Regardless if we're snatched out of the grave or just up off this old green earth. Amen. What a time that's going to be. Got your Bibles. Turn with us. Psalms 110 and 1. 1 and 2. This is Shorty. It's good to see you tonight. Always a privilege of ours for you to come. Come and be with us. Appreciate you. It's good to see each one of you. I know how it is on Wednesday nights and the hustle and bustle and how it's increased. And we're in the fast lane. We don't want to be, but we're there. Even retired people's there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. They get snatched out of retirement. Everybody finds out they ain't got a job, a public job or something no more. So everybody starts making lists and starts calling. Well, so-and-so ain't going to work. <laughs> he can go. She can go. She's available. And uh, so, you know, but as we learned Sunday morning, a man, a virtuous woman, don't sit around idle. Idleness, acting idle mind and idle life is a devil's workshop. And uh, really, Holy Ghost filled people don't have time just to just to waste. And they can always be praying, reading their Bibles, visiting someone, calling someone. I'm telling you, if you listen to the voice of heaven, there's somebody He wants to speak to, someone He wants to minister to. And that's you and I. That's our job. We become the witnesses of the Holy Ghost. We the spiritual epistles. And I know it's Wednesday night. Psalms 110 and 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're so thankful for the written word of God. And we pray because you prophesied and said we could attain it through our Lord Jesus Christ. The power of this written word upon our minds and upon our hearts. And we would do as Paul wrote into the Ephesian church in the sixth chapter. We would use it as that sword against the enemy of our soul against the enemy of that inheritance that's laid up for us. 
that believe, that believe that you are the Messiah. To believe that you came, even though it's been some 2,000 years. But even upon this earth and in this service tonight, on this Wednesday night, your presence, your glory, your power and anointing that makes this place feel like a heavenly place. God, with that presence and anointing upon us, help us uh, feed the lamb and feed the sheep and give instructions and guidance and hope in this house tonight to affect the hearts and the souls and the minds of each and every one. We want to win, God. And we know by you and through you we can as we give you the glory in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you and you may be seated. We're still on the same, I guess, journey of talking about his glory and wisdom and fear and all of it that works together to, because we have a passion and we have a desire even on a Wednesday night like this and amen for the will of God to be done and for the presence of God to have its way because we know by the scriptures where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is no greater liberty and no greater satisfaction and contentment that when you're in that presence and feel that anointing. And as I was thinking, even as on this platform tonight, there's nothing this world has to offer. Oh, they got a lot to offer and they got all kind of glimmer and lights and putting lure things for humanity to involve themselves in. And that is multiplied and just multiplied itself greatly, amen, through technology and through cell phones and things of that nature, amen, to occupy us, to entertain us. Amen. We start them out every very young and small age of giving them something that really wouldn't attract us at all in our 20s or teens. Or, amen. Sometimes maybe younger than that, but it's just a little toy that makes a little racket. And if you can just maybe have a little light to it, and sometimes you can hand them an empty water bottle. Amen. An empty box. They don't have to have nothing in it, but they'll be amazed with it and play with it and fool around with it for hours sometimes at a time just playing on it and not really accomplishing nothing because they're a child. Child don't have a whole lot to accomplish, don't have a whole lot of purpose in that moment, time of its particular life, don't have enough understanding, have enough experience. It's really it's not a whole lot expected out of them except start talking when they need to talk and shut up when they're supposed to shut up. Amen. And you know, sit down when you're supposed to sit down, but run when you're supposed to run. And things of that nature, we want them to do all of that, but we just want them to be under our rule and our, our heartbeat. And we love for them to do it just simply by speaking the word to them. We love for them to you know, tap into that and get a revelation of that about seven months old. And amen. And we want the ideal baby that sleeps all night that never wants a bottle at one or two o'clock in the morning. We like these ideal babies, amen, that you can put them asleep at 10 and don't wake up to six. Amen. They don't ever get sick. They don't ever get weary. They don't ever have anything. But you know what? A lot of times, amen, if we're not careful, amen, we expect to be the same way when it comes to God. But you know what? When we come to God, we can believe one thing. All of our shortcomings and inabilities in this old fleshly and earthly vessel, I got a promise waiting on us, and that's a glorification that's going to take place. Oh, we've experienced this glory at certain measures. Even the scripture says we 
said in heavenly places. And we know, amen, it doesn't matter who else walked in this service tonight. Please don't be offended by that statement. But I'm telling you, there's only one that can break this place, make this place a heavenly place. I can promise you the devil showed up and carnality showed up. But when God shows up and his glory shows up and his anointing shows up and the authority of his word and the power of it, amen, unleashes itself from the portals of heaven, I'm telling you the others have to take back seats and we'd rather them to be driven completely out. But it doesn't come cheap. It's not just a, a freebie. I'm afraid we as a nation, and please don't take this wrong, I believe in helping people. In fact, if I had the resources and the, the abilities, amen, there's a lot of times I'd help a lot of people. Wouldn't even have to know them. Just see them in struggle in life and just give it to them. And sometimes that's dangerous. Sometimes that's probably the worst thing we can do. Well, <laughs> it's a truth. You know, you, you can't even get the Holy Ghost without meeting some requirements. And they may be a lot claiming it, professing it. But there's some requirements by the book. And I'm telling you, they will qualify or disqualify us. And there's nobody, a man, that can change that. It doesn't matter what pedigree we may have. It doesn't matter what generation we may come from. It doesn't matter who's a grandma or grandpa or parents and who we may be friends with. I'm telling you, there's some things, amen, the Bible requires of us. It's a mandate. It's a commandment. It's not an option. There is no other option. And so as we look at this, and I want to talk a little bit tonight, and it's just a beginning, just to start, amen, the glorification of Jesus, amen, of the vessel of Jesus. And as we, we study this out, and we begin to watch Jesus Christ himself, and, and he wasn't born in the ideal place. He wasn't, you know, enthroned and set aside and, and pampered and put in positions and places. He, in fact, a man, the vessel that God chose, a man, to earth, bring this one called Jesus into the, upon this earth and into this world was just a little maid. It wasn't even married yet. She was betrothed, a man, but she hadn't become married. And, and he chose this vessel and she, she surrendered and submitted to him, a man. And, you know, she didn't have a long time to make that decision. Decision at visitation from Gabriel the angel, amen. Amen. Visit gave her that visitation, and, and she had to make up her mind in just a few minutes, amen, to put everything or possibly put everything else on the back burner. In fact, amen, possibly, amen. It just depends on how well you knew Joseph and how well you thought all oh, it was going to work out and how much you trust God, to, amen, to fulfill his purpose in my life, amen. But I'm going to tell you something God's got an end, an expected end for each and every soul upon this earth. It's not God's will that any would perish. It's God's will, amen, when he robed himself and came in the in flesh and took that cross and, and paid the price he paid. It's God's heartbeat and will that whosoever will, let them come that they might experience this glorification just like he experienced it. But I'm telling you, even Jesus Christ had to pay a price. Jesus Christ had to meet some requirements. Jesus Christ had to go through some 
temptations and trials and storms and heartaches before he was going to ever experience this glorification. He had to bring under submission and subjection. I'm telling you, it's been very easy for some of us tonight as some others may have. Amen. On this weary Wednesday night, cold, amen, in South Mississippi and a little rainy, it's been a lot easier. Say, I think I'll just stay home and bring tap in with the phone. I won't bother getting hold of the pastor. I won't bother telling anybody. They'll just kind of figure it out. But no, thank God for you that chose, amen, to come. Amen. And make your way through the weather and make your way to the house of God and enter the prayer room. Why? Because there is a glorification that we're longing for. There's a place that we want to arrive. We understand tonight that money can't buy it. We understand tonight that there's our own righteousness can acquire this. But there's got to be something inside of us because we have tasted and seen that the Lord is gracious and it's none like him. There's not, there's not, ladies and gentlemen. There's nobody like this Jesus. And so, even my focus first, and I'll come back to it in just a minute. And uh, talks about this right hand. There's a place of glorification. It's a place, a man that this one called Jesus that was prophesied about. Both the prophets and the psalmist and even Moses let us know that one likened unto him was coming. We can actually go all the way back to Genesis 3 and 15 about this one called Jesus. But with all the prophecies that was, had taken place and all the four years of arranging and bringing this about, it still did not give Jesus Christ a free pass. It did not. It did not give him that place that, that without submission, without subjection, without understanding who he was, and where his power and authority came from, he would never experience this final glorification. And so, as we live in a world and a time that we're in, and we're living at a time and a season, and even in our own country, man, let's just print the money. Let's just give and do this and do that and make it, you know. And we're probably more broke than we've ever been in our lives. And we're probably headed in a, in a bad place. But you know what? I'm not really worried about all that. The Bible's going to be fulfilled. The Word of God's going to be fulfilled. And there's going to be a generation that's going to have to be a part of that. And what you and I've got to do is make up in our minds and make up in our hearts and our spirit. Man, if that lot falls upon me, God, I'm going to walk hand in hand with you. Man, I'm going to follow the pattern of Job. I'm going to do my best not to charge you foolishly. I'm going to do my best not to sin with my lips. Amen. Because I'm looking for something far greater that's way beyond. Amen. What this world has to offer me and what it has to give me. And whatever, whatever resources and places that you can pull from. When you really begin to look at the glorification of Jesus and then the defining biblical leadership of the life of Jesus is the principle, model above all others. 
above all others. You can think of all of them in the Old Testament. You can think of all of the great characters in the New Testament. But Jesus Christ, a man, is the model above all. And so the, there's no way that you can talk about, even though that we know the visitations, and, and, and maybe a little later, Lord, help me here, I'll, I'll address that a little bit. But um, before he could ever experience uh, the, the visitation that God would give him at times, Man, you, you got to understand, I thought Brother Ford made the mention how that um, it was good that God kept some things from us that we didn't know what tomorrow would hold. We wouldn't know what phone call we might get or what, um, what situation we could be caught up in in a moment of time. And in the next few moments and minutes, look around and say, we're in dire need and we're facing a very difficult situation. And, um, but, but Jesus knew, knew a man from that birth, from the time, I believe, from the time that he was played in that cradle. A man, I know he's a child, and I know I made the statements of a child, and I know Paul wrote into us until when as a child, I played as a child, I thought as a child, I act like a child, but when I became a man, I put childish things aside. I quit acting like that. I quit pouting about every little thing. I quit letting every little thing mess, with, especially with me and God, and my relationship and my commitment to Him. I'm not about to let certain things keep me from the house of God. Amen. You know, hallelujah. If we're going to miss, that means somebody's having heart attacks or something on the very line of that. Well, praise God. Anyway, I'm, I got to be good. Y'all here. So, but um, but as, as we look at this, but Jesus knew. Jesus knew. He knew his destination. He knew what he had born, been born to accomplish and to achieve. A man as the Messiah, as the Son of God, he knew that. But yet, a man, when he was born and put into that cradle, and especially after the times of the visitations, because we get a few glimpses of him in his raising. A man only at the birth and how the angels sung, and, and then at, at 12 years of age, or when he's carried to the tabernacle at eight days, and we know that Simeon, and we know that Anna, a man that prophesied, over him and immediately they understood and realized who he was and recognized him when many others failed to recognize him when others that ought to have and should have as spiritual leaders and those that knew the law amen and that one it was coming yet he was fulfilling the prophecy amen right down to the very T and the crossing of every T amen fulfilling them in a hundred percent and so they recognized him and then we know at the age of 12 years old when he made another visitation back in to Jerusalem, hallelujah, that he astounded the doctors and the lawyers, not only with the skill and the talent ability to answer questions, but to ask questions in such a manner, in such a way, but they knew at a 12-year-old who had ever taught this young boy, where, what schools has he been to, what feet has he been sitting at, hallelujah, whose encounters has he been with, as the Bible said, iron sharpens iron, and those that you run with, hallelujah, has an effect upon you, if you don't want to never be nothing, never want nothing, then go out there and whether it's Luke, hook up with them. If you want to be just one that goose off and plays around, then sit in the back of the class and be the clown of the class. But you know what? God did call you to be the clown of the class. God did call us, amen, to just idle around. God called us to be the witnesses of his glory and power. Amen. 
so, so Jesus, so what's going to happen? He's going to have to face the tempter. He's going to have to face the devil himself. And this immediately follows after the prime example that he leaves us. It's John, behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sins of the world. And he makes his way down to John the Baptist and down to that Jordan River. A man and tell him, John, I have need to be baptized. And then John, oh no, I'm the one that's in need of baptism. But for the scriptures to be fulfilled and for even Jesus to hear that voice, my beloved son, and who I'm well pleased. We begin to see a process and a starting. And from that moment, you can go to Matthew, the fourth chapter, Luke, the fourth chapter. And you can go to Mark, Mark, a man, the first chapter. He, he doesn't spend as much time, but let me just speak from that for just a moment here tonight. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. When the other writer said it led him, but it, it don't make any difference. Let's also remember whenever the Bible uses terms like wilderness, desert, mountains, these are geographical locations that was a normal practice throughout the scriptures where there would be an encounter of a spiritual encounter. A lot of times they would be in isolation. These characters are individuals, whoever it may have been for that particular moment in time. But there would always be a transformation that would take place. There would be a fulfillment that would transpire and take place in these visitations. But these individuals had to be willing to, a lot of times to get all by themselves. They had to isolate themselves. They had to cut themselves off from the rest of the world. They had to cut themselves off from the glamour and from the lights. Amen. And having all the cheerleaders and having all the hurrah folks around. Amen. Amen. They just, it was an encounter a lot of times just them. And so likewise Jesus as he follows this same patterns amen of many of the prophets and of Moses and different ones in the Old Testament. Here comes Jesus now that's going to be driven or led. Amen. Into this wilderness. Into this place, amen, where this spiritual encounter and warfare is fixing to take place. Why? Because the battle been, amen, since Genesis 3.15. Amen, about this warfare and about this battle that's going to take on between the good and the evil, between light and darkness, between a real glory and a phony glory. I'm telling you, there's way too many churches built off a of glory that's not God's glory. It's a phony glory. It's a, it's a, it's a facade. It's nothing real. There's nothing powerful with it. Nothing and transforming with it. That's the reason there's no conviction in their churches and in their services, amen, to have a change because we have built a church to suit every, every thought and every idea and every kind of mind. We build churches that put his name on it and we build and preach out of the same book. But I'm telling you the same old glory. Don't show up just because you confess he's there, just because you call him by his name and just because you, you think you know him. I'm telling you, your heart can deceive us. Praise God. And so we, we know that for this to happen and for it to take place. See, he was driven there, the Bible says, for 40 days without food and water. And the devil begins to tempt him, begins to try him. Man begins to carry him on mountains and carry him to certain places and show him 
Watch this. Immediately. He begins to show him all the kingdom. He begins to show him the glory of those kingdoms. Now, this is a 40-day process. I know if you just read Matthew 4 and 1 through 11, Luke 4, 1 through about 13, I believe it is. You think it, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. It's, it's not a whole lot to it. But we know the scriptures taught us he was tempted like as we are. With every temptation that you and I have. And you know what? I'm not tempted every way you are. And you're not tempted every way that I am. Okay? Amen. None of us could handle the temptation he dealt with. Amen. He took on every temptation. Straight from old Lucifer himself. The deceiver above all. And he was out to get him to bow down. He was out to get him to submit. And it was in this time that we understand and realize that the first son, Adam, and then, amen, the, uh, the begotten, but then the one I'm talking about here, amen, the Israel, amen, had failed him. And they had come up short, amen, of, of the tempter and how they would mumble and complain and things of that nature, even though after the visitations of God and God would make a man way of a provision and things of that nature. I'm going to tell you something. It is not the will of God for Holy Ghost filled people to stay up at night you know, figuring out how we're going to pay our bills. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk on that. I'm going to preach on that. I'm telling you there's some blessings in God's financial plan. And it doesn't matter where you at on the, on the pay, payroll and pay scale. Hallelujah. God is more than enough. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you he, he's sufficient. And we're going to have to learn it. Amen. Before we get out of here. Hallelujah. You're not going to be able to depend on your bank account. You're not going to be able to depend on your government. You're not going to be able to depend on that. There's going to have to be a power and authority, amen, that sets up in your heart, that takes dominion in your spirit, that takes dominion in your mind. Because this temple belongs to God. And this temple, amen, I'm telling you, with the power of the Holy Ghost, it ain't God's will for me to be a nervous wreck. Say what you want to about that. It is not God's will for me to be a nervous wreck. It's God's will for me to know him and walk with him and be led by him. I can't make everybody else live for him, but I can do something about myself. You and I have got to have the attitude and the spirit that we're not going to let the likeness of others control our faith. You can't let the unbelief of others rob you of your faith. You can't let the negative attitudes and spirits of others every promise is yea and amen. I'm not talking about lustful stuff. I'm not even talking about material things. You couldn't handle to be a multimillionaire. And thank God he won't just pour it out on you for your soul's sake. There's more estate, amen, than working day in and day out. There's more, amen, estate, amen, than, than just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd rather struggle, 
and know this God and know this revelation and be brought into this gospel and whatever I got to struggle with in this life because I'm here to tell you again tonight in that moment when we meet him in the clouds it's all of this as though it's going to be as though it is nothing not one thing I know it's hard and I know the burdens get heavy sometimes I understand that and the disappointment of people and the disappointment of our world around us but I'm telling you we're looking for something that's beyond this we don't have our eyes on the material things we got our eyes on heavenly things we got our eyes on a glorified body my body may is all it could do is just get me in the house tonight maybe my body failed me and kept me out of the house tonight but I still got a promise of a glorified body a glorified state and I'm telling you it's gonna be worth whatever you and I got to do to attain it It'd do some of us good to dwell on that. It'd do some of us good to get refocused on that. You'll start laying some of those weights down. You'll start pushing some of that junk aside. You'll start coming to understanding, looking at that devil, just like Jesus. It's written. <laughs> it's written. And because it's written, and I'm going to use the, the spirit of the word as that sword. I'm going to cut it down, buddy. I'm going to cut it out of my life. I'm not going to let that unbelief. and I'm not going to let that old attitude and spirit. Well, you just wasn't raised in this particular home or that particular home. You just didn't experience this. And everybody's had the problems. Everybody's had the troubles. But thank God, amen, those that we may feel like so high on the mountain when they come here, he brings them all down to the same level. He brings them, amen, up to here. And the rest of them, we all level out. Amen. Because without the cross, without the blood of Christ, without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we're not a child of God and it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from it doesn't matter the color of your skin it doesn't matter what gender you are that's a lot of mess that the world's fussing and fighting over amen trying to get right and trying amen to do this and do that but when you walk in this house that whosoever will that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall obtain it cause Jesus died for one as well as the other and he waited show respect to know a person in these encounters and situations because it's his heart beating will for you and I to experience this. Amen. As much, as much as we have experienced God in services and the voice and the presence of God, at times, I'm telling you, we haven't experienced nothing what we go into. But we understand that Jesus, he had to go through this. He had to deal with that. He had to uh, be victorious over it. Amen. Amen. And he was at the point... If you read it close enough, the following verses says, And the angels come down and minister to Jesus after this because of the weakness of his flesh and the infirmity of his body. At this point in time, angels came down and ministered and strengthened him. And then he goes from that. And you ever read it? What follows after that? He hears that John the Baptist is in prison. Huh. Boy, what's that? Some good news to hear. But, you know, being he was God manifest in the flesh. Amen. So anyway, as we go on, we're going to see. But Jesus was well aware of this one thing. And this has been said a lot in the last several months and even the last few services. Amen. That obedience was a must. Obedience was a must. There was, there's no way of getting around obedience. And if Jesus had to surrender and submit and yield himself, 
when writer talks about that through suffering, he even learned obedience through suffering. You know, he could have... If he astounded the lawyers and doctors at 12 years of age, no doubt he could astounded his brothers, his half-brothers, if you please. <laughs> Amen, because they didn't have the same daddy. Hallelujah. But he never, I don't believe, ever mistreated them or never. He submitted to him, humbled himself. Even after that visitation, the Bible says, he subjected himself unto Mary and to his father. He never, you read ever again where Jesus, amen, got involved in something that would cause them to have to look for him or cause fear in their hearts. It's never in the, in the scriptures at least. You don't read about it from that point on, but the Bible makes it clear that he submitted and humbled and you himself. I'm telling you we're living in a world at a time people don't like to submit but yet the New Testament writers has written a task for us to submit ourselves to one another amen to give ourselves to one another to prefer our brothers amen we're of a different kingdom we walk to a different drumbeat we walk to a different spirit we carry a kingdom that don't know any end we carry a kingdom that don't know about pollution we carry a kingdom that don't know about jealousy and envy and strive we know a kingdom that knows how to give knows how to give because it's never going to give out. This kingdom don't know no ending. We're tapped into a riches and a power and a glory even in these bodies that'll shake our world. So for him to do that through obedience, I'm going to take a few moments tonight. and uh, I won't finish this tonight. I'll probably just get good and start it. And then we'll pick up again the next following Wednesday night when we can. Next week, we'll gather on Tuesday night. Let's don't forget that. Thanksgiving week, we always gather. It's going to be testimony night. Be your turn. Your turn. And hey, I'll bring you the mic if you want me to. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm glad y'all so excited about it. <laughs> but you know, Luke even talked about in that temptation to help us get a little more insight. He mentions wild beast. I'm not sure to the fullness of what Luke had saw or what was in he was inspired about with these wild beasts in that 40 days of temptation. But we can see where Jesus, the battle, the struggle, but he won. And then after that, we see that he had through obedience to get the father's ultimate results. Amen. In his being glorified, he had to submit. He had to yield himself. And, and so we see this. I'm going to go through a few verses out of John and Luke and Matthew and Hebrew. Amen. To help us along this. And, and, and as we watch this in John 12, 23 through 32. And Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. <laughs> Man, in this particular time of his life to make this statement, it wouldn't be our ideal of glorification. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, and Brother Ford mentioned this Sunday night, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. We know that. We're gonna, if we refuse to die, we're going to abide alone. We've got to die. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. 
And where I am, there shall also my servant be, if any man serve me him with my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. This is the purpose. This is the call. This is what I've been born for. This is what I'm 33 and a half years old now. Hallelujah. In the prime of my life. I've never owned anything. I've never known how my name on any deeds. But yet I created it all. I don't know anything about riches. I don't know anything about the glory of some arena. I don't know anything about the glory of impressing people in holy positions. I don't know anything but there's another glory that I'm looking for. There's another glory that I'm going to pursue. I'm trying to help us in this house tonight. We spend way too much time and effort and energy and hopes and desires on the wrong glory. Jesus didn't. He could have. Did he have a will? In Gethsemane, he did. Not my will, but thy will. If there's any way this cup could pass, but if it's not, because Jesus knew we got to pay this, got to give ourselves. He says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? But for this cause came I unto this hour, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Man, but what a price to pay. Bearing that cross of receiving 39 stripes whipped. You've heard the message of Bishop Odom and others going in detail of the sacrifice, the pain, the agony. That Jesus Christ paid who knew no sin. Who didn't know anything about the pleasure of sin. He didn't know anything about taking trips off of some foreign elements. Oh, there's a certain amount of pleasure with it. And it can become a God to individuals and captivate their minds and their lives. And they're willing to sacrifice everything they got for that trip one more time. Amen. And, and the bad part about it, these old earthen vessels where there's no good thing in them, one time sometimes is all it takes. And then it's everything in them from then on, amen, to keep it out, amen, to conquer it, to overcome it. And that's the reason, I mean, I'm telling you people, if you're prone to that, here's what you got to do, amen. Once you receive the Holy Ghost, you got to stay with it, amen. You don't make provision for the flesh. You don't run with folks, amen, that attempt you. You don't put yourself in places. You don't hook up and you don't connect. Hello, you, but you distance yourself from them. I'm telling you, at certain places and certain events, I wouldn't send certain people. Hallelujah. That would be crazy on my part. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, but I know God can help us from all things. But I'm telling you, God, the writer said, don't make provision. Don't put yourself in the place. Amen. Don't put yourself in that council. Don't put yourself in that position. That's the reason we're careful. Amen. Who we talk to and how we talk to them. You got to watch it with that phone now. You got to watch it with that thing called the internet. It can tap you into no telling more. And with who? You got a, you got a devil. You got an enemy. 
And you know what? He doesn't want you to experience this glory. He's already hating what you've already know and what you've experienced of Jesus Christ. That's the reason he immediately starts attacking. Immediately after Jesus was, was baptized, both with water and spirit, the two elements, immediately he goes into that. <laughs> I've heard people make this statement. I found out it was harder, and I thought the struggle would be over with, and I did too. Man, I thought the struggle would be over if I could just get the Holy Ghost. Man, everything, I live in cloud nine. Won't be no problems. Everybody will be great and have a bunch of angels around us. And that's not the devil's angels either. I'm talking about, amen, real angels. Well, I mean, you know, Holy Ghost angels. Praise God. But it didn't take long, did it? And even when you looked at yourself in that mirror, you sometimes wonder. Well, that didn't go over good, but... Hallelujah, you've been there and I've been there and we've all been there. Amen, when a day didn't turn out so good and we said some things we shouldn't have said and we cooked on some actions we shouldn't have. And we have to back back up and say, oh man, amen, we got to do like Bishop uh, 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 Holmes told it one time. He said, man, he said, got to get yourself by the nap of the neck and pull yourself right up to that mirror. Say, all right, boy, you fix and submit and yield and you're going to get yourself back right with God. And, you got to do that sometimes. You don't have a glorified flesh yet. Amen. Only Jesus was the one that was at that transfiguration. Even Peter and them didn't get transfigured. Amen. They was amazed and shocked and wanted to start building tabernacles. But I'm telling you, hallelujah, only Jesus was the one. But watch this. In that glory and power and even after that experience, he had to go to the cross. We'd all rather have them services, every service, where we just come in here, man, the power of God's in this place, and we dance and shout and scream like Sunday night there, man. We love to be saturated with them services every morning, about noontime, every day, and even a time before we go to bed. But it's just not going to happen. And we can say what we want to. We'll begin to take them for granted if we're not careful. That's just this old nature. Amen. Because so many times we don't realize how blessed we are until it's taken from us. I've heard those that's been in prison and locked up for a while and said you don't really realize how blessed you are until you've been locked up a while and you hadn't ate a hamburger for four or five years and you hadn't eaten with no fried chicken or Something else, sir. If, you, if, you, if you're going to get a honey bun, it costs you. We think it's expensive. We give a dollar or something for one, but they have to give three and four and five dollars for one. And then they got to fight off everybody else so they can enjoy it. So anyway, uh, I, I didn't mean to get on that. But, but he, he goes on and he says, The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said, that it thundered, and others said, an angel spake to him. But Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes, that now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I will, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Watch this. This is happening on earth. This is what transpired. This is what took place. 
I to reason Pharaoh was quickened and moved by the demonical forces and powers of evil, trying to take this Manasseh, trying to take this Messiah, trying to take Jesus Christ. That's a reason through the Old Testament and through the seeds of David and different ones. Amen. They tried time and time again. Hallelujah. Because they didn't want this seed to come about. They didn't want this Messiah to be born. They didn't want this Savior to be born. Hallelujah. I believe the devil has a little more insight about some of that than what a lot of people realize. I know one thing. It was the demonical forces. Amen. That when Jesus would speak to them, they would tell him, you come to torment us before our time. Amen. Don't, don't just cast us out. Can we go in the swine? They asked for permission. They bowed and asked and responded to the man called Jesus. Amen. More so than the Israelites and the Jews. They recognized who he was as God manifested in the flesh. They knew when he spoke it. Hallelujah. It was going to happen. It was going to unfold. It was going to take place. They didn't have an option. They didn't have a choice. It didn't matter if there was a legion of thousands of them. When he spoke to them, they had the power of the spoken word. I believe you can still speak to mountains and they got to go. And I believe you can speak to little things as a tree. But by faith, if you speak to it, it's got to go. And so we, we, we see this and we, we watch it. Then you can go to John, the next chapter, 13th chapter. Therefore, when he was going out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, he done said prior to them, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, I'm telling my disciples now, I'm fixing this. It's just before going to the cross. It's just before all this is going to unfold and take place. And, and just you, you catch all the glorifying that is going to take place, amen, in God, through God, by God, in Jesus Christ. There's a cross that you've got to bear. There's a cross, amen, that you and I have got to tote. There's a cross, amen. We're going to experience that old glory. There's a, there's a price that's got to be paid. We can't just let our days just pass by. We just can't let our season just pass by. No, there's got to be something inside of us, regardless of how busy we are. And I know some of you are busy. You're getting up early and you stay up late. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't let busyness, hallelujah, rob you of the glory that God's got in store for you. Something's got to get in our spirits and our minds and hearts at whatever cost, at whatever weight I've got to lay aside, at whatever I've got, amen, to put aside. I'm going to experience that. And so Jesus knew that. This is a point. I'm trying to get across to us tonight. Jesus could not forsake the cross. It was a cross. The writer puts it in the New Testament because he looked beyond that cross. The joy that was beyond that cross. He was able to endure the cross. Let, let me, I'm going to try to hurry here and at least finish this, this part. I, I thought I'd get, but anyway. Matthew puts it this way. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there, there be coming, standing here, which shall not taste of death, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And he did. It astounded them. It blew their minds. They even questioned it. 
Peter and others, amen. I was going to talk about the two on the road to, uh, to Emmaus and, and how they walked with him. And they talked about it and said, man, are you a stranger? You didn't heard and understand what's went on. And, but then Jesus opened up to them. And from Moses, amen, he, he enlightened them because, man, they was in the dumps. They was down and out. They was depressed. They thought they was doomed. Everybody was accusing everybody else of stealing the body and taking it off somewhere. If you'll just show me where they laid it, I'll go and take it. I'll pick it. Everybody forgot about the promise of the resurrection. Everybody forgot about that glorification. And I'm going to tell you something. Just like he was glorified, amen, in that Jordan River with the two elements of water and spirit. That's what this gospel, the good tidings, is all about. This is the glory that you and I can walk in. We just got a measure, but I promise you it's enough. We just got the down payments, but it's enough. It's enough, amen, experiencing the Holy Ghost. And men speaking in that heavenly language as the Spirit of God gives us the utterance, being born again of the water and the spirit. Hallelujah. You know what? Nobody of Jesus made it plain to Nicodemus. You can't enter or see the kingdom. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be a part of a kingdom. It might be a small part. We might be in some eyes a small church, but yet we're not a small church because we're connected to the biggest thing that there is. We're, the, we're the connected to the glorious thing that's going to be. We're connected to the government that's not going to know in the ending. Because there is a glory in a place that we're going to arrive. Then Peter answered and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, That he which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory. When the Son of Man sits in the throne of His glory. Man, I'm glad to know who Jesus is. Hey, man, you know what? John and James' mother persuaded enough that Jesus was God manifesting the flesh. She asked and requested, amen, to let John and James sit on each side of Him. Folks that believe in Trinity, I just wonder what they think about that. One throne, one sitting on that. Because Jesus Christ is the only one that brings the manifestation of God. A man, that begotten son, overshadowed Mary by the Holy Ghost and brought him to die, to bear a cross, to give you and I an opportunity to experience what I'm talking about here tonight. Hebrew writers, and this will kind of sum it up, finish it up, and we'll pick up next time. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set over the works of thy hands. What, what are we trying to pursue? What are we trying to attain? When you talk about glorification, it simply is God's acknowledgement of the accomplishment of Jesus as God, as the Messiah. Do you really believe that the Messiah's came? Do you really believe? <laughs> Is that little lady at that way all that afternoon? That when the Messiah gets here, he's going to tell us everything. <laughs> Everything's going to be. Blinded eyes are going to be open. Deaf ears going to be unstopped. People are going to be changed forever. As we stand in this house tonight... I appreciate you, you know, and uh, I know some nights I push on and press further, but I, I'm not tonight. Um, but to have God's approval, 
to have God's signature. It's going to mean something. To, to do like Paul when he talks about finishing the course. He kept the faith. He finished the journey. To hear him say, we haven't attained that yet. We've experienced God. We've sat in heavenly places. We've tasted. We understand that. But I'm telling you, we're living in a time that devil's doing everything he can to rob and steal and take. He's using every avenue he can to destroy the church and the gospel and the good tidings. And if there's ever been a time, and I felt this in prayer today, that you and I better unify. And you and I better get some little things, if these little petty things, because they're petty. When you, when you consider and put it in the, in, the, in the arena of heaven and hell, anything that causes heartaches and disappointments and frustration and disunity is really just trivial stuff. It don't amount to nothing. A man to get so worked up over. No, there's a bigger prize. There's something waiting on the other side of this journey that I want to be a part of. I don't know if I'll just be snatched off of this earth or pulled out of that grave. I just know one thing. If I'll die in the faith because the just lives by faith. The just lives by faith. And are you hearing that? The just lives by faith faith. You can put them in the ground but they're going to live. Amen. God is a God of the living, not of the dead. Moses as much as alive right now he's ever been. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that's what he's telling us. Amen. They're alive. Why? Because a promise is going to be fulfilled. The glorification is going to take place. The fulfillment of what Jesus bought and purchased on that cross and at Calvary is going to happen. We just get the down payment. We just get the earnest of that through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful to be born again. I'm thankful to be a part of this kingdom. I'm glad to be a little part of the house of God. In the service of God. It's better than any other place I could have been born in. Become a part of. It's better than any office that you'll ever hold. It's better than any other avenue this world has to offer you and give you. Just to be thankful, to be a part of the church, and a part of the kingdom of God. What a time to live for Jesus. Folks, let's get our eyes back on it. Let's get our hearts. That, 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 that burning passion in us. <laughs> if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your family. That's what the Bible said. Do it for the work's sakes. Do it for these babies. Because I'm telling you, the love of God and the hand of God's working for us. And if he really rolled the curtains back, we'd probably all be shocked tonight. Just how blessed we are just to be here tonight. To have the strength and ability to be here. That the devil did not win. <laughs> I'm back in the house of God. Back in the favors and the goodness of God. Because he's got something in store for me. And by his help, I'm going to receive it. Love you tonight. Appreciate you so much. Let's don't forget next week, we'll have 
service, midweek service on Tuesday night instead of Wednesday night, Thanksgiving week. We always have done this. It's nothing new to you, but uh, we want you to know that and uh, ahead of time so you can make preparations for that. Let me read this card. I know I got you standing. This is a thank you card from Sister Teresa. She says, to my church family, thank you for the prayers during the loss of my grandma. She was a blessing to me and will be greatly missed. I'm so thankful for the prayers of my church family. They have been a great comfort to my heart. I'm truly blessed to have a pastor and church family like you that love and pray for me. Thanks so much, Teresa Rice and the Rice family. She actually done a little speaking at the funeral. She said, hey, I could really tell the prayers with, with her and helped her to say some things and impact others, amen, that were there, amen, because one prior to her didn't have much faith, <laughs> didn't help nobody a whole lot, but God helped her and blessed her to help them. And so, you know what, God will help us if we'll just ask him and give ourselves to him. God will help us. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Any other announcements? All right. God bless you.